Listener Production. Hello, and you are very welcome to another episode of Huff Science Explained with me, Ellen Fidian, a science journalist with Cosmos Magazine. Each week, twice a week, we answer life's questions, big or small. And today, we are shedding light on my favourite party accessory, the glow stick and its glowing twins in the natural world. Have you ever wondered how glow sticks work? Granted, they tend not to be used while you're on your own, pondering things quietly, so I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't. Glow sticks are a clever little feat of chemistry and engineering, but they borrow a trick from the natural world, a thing called chemiluminescence. If you've seen glowworms and thought, hmm, they kind of look like blue glow sticks, you're not that far off the mark. So what makes glow sticks glow, and what does it have to do with mushrooms? Let's get illuminated and find out. How do glow sticks work? Inside every plastic glow stick is a glass tube. When you crack a glow stick, the noise you're hearing is that glass breaking. When the tube breaks, the stuff on the inside of the tube reacts with the stuff on the outside of the tube and begins to glow. This is why it's a bad idea to cut glow sticks open and let the juice flow out. It's not really because the chemicals are dangerous, it's because they're full of broken glass. Although, while the chemicals aren't massively poisonous, I still wouldn't want them on my skin or in my mouth. Science safety announcement, do not eat glow sticks. You can check this yourself if you like, next time you get your hands on a packet of fresh glow sticks. Take a closer look at either end of the glow stick and you'll see the small coloured tube surrounded by the clear liquid and plastic. So let's take a closer look at the chemicals. Inside the glass tube is a dye and a chemical reactant. The dye varies depending on the colour and brand of glow stick, but it's usually a large carbon-based molecule. What's important about this dye is that it's got a property called chemiluminescence. When a chemiluminescent molecule receives energy, an electron in that molecule gets jumpy. It zooms up to a more excited state in the molecule and then zips back down, releasing that energy as light. There's usually one or two other substances inside the tube to help the glowing along. On the outside of the tube, between the glass and the plastic wall, is hydrogen peroxide. That hydrogen peroxide reacts with the stuff inside the tube, releasing energy and making the dye glow. This exact reaction differs a bit depending on what else you've got in the tube, some types of alcohol or sodium salicylate or something else. The reaction releases energy. So chemiluminescent dyes absorb energy and then turn it into light. This is why blue glow sticks often seem a bit weaker than other colours. Blue light, at the pointy end of the light spectrum, takes a bit more energy to produce than other colours. It's harder to find dyes that make a nice, solid blue and aren't too dangerous to put inside a toy. You can manipulate the glowiness of the glow stick by manipulating the reaction. If you heat the tube up in your hands, you'll speed the reaction up and it will glow brighter. Science safety announcement two, don't use anything hotter than your hands to heat up a glow stick. On the other hand, if you cool the glow stick down by popping it in the fridge or freezer, the reaction will slow down and the glow will go for longer. Unfortunately, the reaction isn't reversible, so you can't reset a glow stick. Once the glow is done, it's done. You can't de-break the glass or unmix the reactants. Where else do we use glow sticks? Other than a massively fun party trick, glow sticks can be pretty handy tools. They produce light, without making heat or needing an external energy source. And they're waterproof. This makes them useful in places where electricity or heat are a bad idea, 
like underwater. Armies and navies use glow sticks about the length of your forearm in the field to provide light. They can also be attached to life vests to help find people lost at sea. Luminol, one of those chemiluminescent dyes that can be used in glow sticks, also glows blue when it comes into contact with blood. It's used by forensic scientists to detect blood at crime scenes, among other things. Because they attract many types of fish, glow sticks are also used as baits in fishing nets. This is not actually a great use for the glow stick, because they're often discarded and left in the ocean afterwards. Aside from the plastic pollution, never a good thing, some research has shown that the chemicals inside the glow sticks are particularly harmful to marine life. All this talk of marine life might be reminding you of other glowy things, which begs the question, does this have anything to do with bioluminescence? It sure does. Living organisms that glow have chemiluminescent molecules in them. These substances, often called luciferins, are different from the ones you'll find in glow stick dye, but they use exactly the same technique to glow. A chemical reaction generates energy, which sends an electron bouncing around the luciferin molecule and the energy streaming out as light. Lots of different fish can bioluminesce. The gentle glow often attracts food to them. Some types of bacteria found in the ocean can glow as well. This is what you're seeing if you're ever lucky enough to spot flashes of light in waves at the beach. On very rare occasions, bacteria can get so large in number that they spur a phenomenon called milky seas, when huge patches of the ocean glow solid and white overnight, with light bright enough to read by. According to satellite imagery, there's been about a dozen of these events in the last 30 years. You've got a more reliable chance of spotting bioluminescence on land, by visiting glowworm caves or hunting fireflies. There are glowworm caves all along the eastern coast of Australia, mostly in Queensland, but one or two in Victoria, New South Wales and Tasmania as well. In spring and summer, you can see the fireflies in New South Wales, Queensland and the Northern Territory. The trick with all of these things is that they're rare and they don't tend to stick around. It's important to have fun seeking as well as finding. And if you're in southern Australia, you can try hunting ghost mushrooms in autumn and winter. This pale fungus looks like a ghost wearing a sheet in the daylight, but at night it gives off a very gentle green glow. I've been looking for ghost mushrooms, and I wouldn't call them the most dazzling examples of bioluminescence, but they do stay in one place, which makes them easy to check back in on and fun to go looking for with friends. I'd recommend finding the mushrooms in daylight and then returning when it's dark. Spend a bit of time letting your eyes adjust to the dark, and then you should be able to see this very spooky, gentle glow. It's worth noting that bioluminescence isn't the only thing that makes living organisms glow. Phosphorescence and fluorescence are both different ways to emit light, but that's a topic for another episode. Why does any of this happen? It varies depending on the organism. Some creatures do it defensively, to confuse predators. Others use it to draw prey near to them, or mates. Sometimes we don't know why something glows. I like to imagine it's the same reason we use glow sticks. We just enjoy the pretty light. So next time you crack a glow stick, think about the glass inside that you're breaking up. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huh! Science Explained.